Castrol is a film podcast filled with dubious opinions, plot spoilers, and a healthy sprinkling of bad language. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Casterole, the fortnightly movie podcast that each episode aims to take one of your favourite films and serves you up a delicious recasting. My name is Jim and of course I am not alone at the stove. Joining me each week are my two co-hosts, my sous chefs if you will, Sam and Nick. Hello guys, how are we doing? Hello. Hello. Good intro as well. James. Yeah, it's I, strong. I mean, one it's, take, one take. Yeah, one take. <laughs> definitely just one take. Just one. Also, are we happy with him calling us sous chefs? I don't know. How do you feel about you? Well, I mean, like, I, I think, I think if I was a sous chef to a chef that had never fucking cooked a meal, because <laughs> he seems to have never seen a film, I'm not sure I'd be happy about that. What is it, sous? chef thought... is like second in command. Okay, because so it's like a secondary chef. I possibly spent some years of my life thinking that the sous chef only made sauces. No, that's no. a saucier. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds about right. No, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. My understanding is the sous chef is in charge of the kitchen if the head chef is out of the kitchen. I thought it was a chef, chef that was called Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone Sue seen chef, Sue? Sue Very chef, Fred good. chef, Dan yeah. chef. Dave chef. Dave chef. Anyway, this is a movie podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Who's in charge once the sous chef leaves? Oh, oh yeah. I've just gone a shit by them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like in Porter. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, how are we? Yeah, exhausted. Good. This yeah? Is, uh, yeah, this is, we're in, I don't know quite when this will go out, we're, we're in crimbo right now. Crimbo yeah. limbo, aren't we? This is yeah. being recorded actually after Christmas, as opposed to the previous yeah, one we, we said. A, just yeah. before New Year's. Yeah. And I believe last episode I asked you to predict how your Christmases were going to go. Were those predictions accurate? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Like, uh, obviously we all have young kids, so it was all, it was all probably... Much of a match, that's pretty crazy. Too much chocolate, too much shouting, too much running around. Yeah, um, I think I predicted exhaustion, and I feel like that was about. I, yeah. I don't think I've made it a full day without having a nap. Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> good pretty one. good. I um, yeah, it's been pretty good. Me and the me and the family have been kind of in like a little Christmas bubble. They're just the four of us. It's been it's been quite nice, you know. Nice. Just um, you know, lazy days, like chilling out, not having to, not having to do anything, which is which is actually quite nice. How about you, Jim? Yes, as I predicted, chaos, just really tiring, lots of children running around, arguing with each other, you know, all wanting to score points, telltales on each other, you know, that, that kind of usual child bollocks. Yeah. yeah. Don't say child bollocks on the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, strange phrase. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a strange choice of words, wasn't it? So other than Christmas, though, and obviously in the time of Christmas, have you guys seen anything in the last week that isn't a Christmas film. Anything noteworthy to talk about? Yes. But I'm not sure whether I should talk about it Let's now. Let's not talk about or the for thing. next episode, as yeah. I believe it's going to be the film we're going to cover. That's interesting. Yeah, so keep tuned. So I have episode. seen that, but I've also yeah. watched Die Hard 2. Because <laughs> I, was, I was in a Die Hard mood. I was like, well, I've, we've done Die Hard 1. Die Hard 2, obviously. <laughs> it's it's like, like I want Die 2 basic Christmas time. 
It's, it is, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a year later, isn't it? A year later. It? Are they all Christmas? They're not all no, Christmas. Di- no, Die Hard 3 is very much in the summer, I believe. Okay. And Die Hard 4 is very much in the dog bin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a fight with Nick, uh, a fight with Jim about this. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you like Die Hard 4. I, I, I mean, I, I'm going to need to give it another watch. It's been a few years, but I don't remember it being that I bad. I mean, we can all agree apart from just Apart from Justin Long, you know, he can get in the bin, but I don't remember the actual action and main basis of Die Hard 4 being bad. I mean, they have like a jet versus a truck. Yeah? It's not to like. James like, what's not to like? <laughs> yeah. Come on. What, what's not Die Hard about that? Well, you know that you know that bit where you were like, when we were reviewing Gladiator, yeah. and you were like, oh, this isn't very believable. <laughs> <laughs> There's no jeopardy here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just never believed you was going to die. Bruce Willis jumping off of an aeroplane onto a truck and... Right. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me that Bruce Willis is not invincible? No, I'm not. I'm not at all. But I just my my problem with Die Hard Four is just it is it like the, you start to lose the comedy and it goes straight into action, which I I like an action film. But I think as I said to you off the off air, yeah, Die Hard for me was about the the comedy and the quips and the and that's I think why a lot of people really love Die Hard Three, mm. which arguably is the best. I which so is weird. I would always I put think I think Die Hard Three out of the Die all the Die Hards is the one I've seen the most. Yeah, agreed. Because probably from like you said, because of that dynamic between Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. it just it makes it the best one for me. Mm. Oh, really interesting segue into the film that we are going to be recasting. Mm. Uh, Al Powell is in it in the film we're doing. In the film we're doing, mm, cameo just just tell you. opens up the cage to let the people out near the end of the film. I really? did not spot him. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. There yeah. you go. Sam with the keen eye yeah. there. It's the the other film that Al, the actor that played Al Powell from uh, Sergeant Al Powell from Die Hard is in. Um, but yeah, Nick, you any anything other than? I watched a couple of bits. Very unfestive. Very very unfestive. <laughs> like they're hard. Quite harrowing. <laughs> yeah. So I watched the uh, a film I recommended to you actually. It's a 1979 Soviet. World War Two set film called Come and See, um, but um, yeah, unbelievable, an amazing watch, really, really powerful, quite difficult to watch in places. Um, but if, if you enjoy kind of war films, and we were speaking about the fact that it's kind of an anti-war film in that you know it doesn't romanticise war or anything like that, it's it's incredibly difficult to watch, but it's got a really powerful message. Um, but it's an now, amazing when, watch. When as well. you say an anti-war film, you don't mean like the film Ants. Which is a war film featuring ants. I don't mean a, an anti. You don't mean an anti. Yeah, or like Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. It's not ant based. It's like against war. Is it's against saying. the yeah. messages. Like, look which how most bad films is. should be. Let's face it. You think so? Yeah. I guess it's saying like some are kind of like fuck yeah war in yeah. a way. Like Team America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's got the same kind of message in, yeah. in a way too. Like it's ironic. But um, no, I do yeah. want to watch that though. It's a good good recommendation. Really good. I think like some of the um, the, the past is a film almost like a sort of fever dream the cinematography is amazing really really worth watching and then another really dark gritty film I watched is a science fiction horror film called Possessor I don't know if you guys have ever seen that that is um, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg who's David Cronenberg's son oh nice okay would you guess that one would you say well, I, I the surnames probably would have given yeah, it away. I know, Cron- I know <laughs> Cronenberg Senior. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I know, the, Brandon, I, I know, I know the drink. They do some lovely flavors. I feel like Jim's a guy when they were like coronavirus. He's like, oh, the drink. 
But yeah, possessed it. Goes well um, with a wedge of lime. If you enjoy science fiction, if you enjoy horror, um, it's a really, really strong, visually striking film. Um, it's very gritty. It's very violent. Um, but it's, yeah, some of the kind of ideas, some of the effects in it. I think he's really followed in his father's footsteps in terms of kind of um, body horror kind of effects and that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's what, that's what I was enjoying over the lovely festive period. Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, well, although similarly, the, the, the film that I sort of of note that I watched last week is um, Saltburn, which um, mm. is, I, I don't, it's, again, it's very difficult to describe, but it's, it's kind of like a, a thriller whodunit kind of thing. But it's, it's all about sort of class and um, assumptions and sort of intelligence, but it's, it's very beautifully shot, excellent cinematography. Every scene sort of has like meaning to it. And it's very nuanced performance. the The actor's name is is blanking from me at the moment, which is really annoying. Barry Keown. Keown. Yeah, Barry Keown. So he's a guy we talked about in previous podcasts. I think he was recast for one of our, um, or we we discussed him, and and he's in uh, Banshees yeah. of Inishira, yeah. and yeah, it's very good. But um, it's one of those films where uh, I've only seen it the once, but I think uh, similar to um. Uh, Shutter Island mm. I think it's going to be better on the Do second you, you watching yeah. because okay. there's little things that happen and you're like oh my god mm. so yeah I would oh, definitely well, I'll make sure to add that to the list of films that I probably don't ever yeah. watch yeah add it to the list and then watch it again after yeah <laughs> so on the subject of films that you don't ever watch yes can we just bring this back up again because this past week has been another Fascinating week filled with <laughs> revelations, I dare say. Although at this point, nothing surprises us, does no. it? Other than the fact that he's doing a film podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think over the past couple of weeks, there's been some revelations like you had never seen films like Beverly Hills Cop. Um, no, I, don't, I don't recall that name ever coming up. I think that came up a while back. We were like, and, and it just got to the point where we weren't mm. surprised anymore. So I think yeah. only this week I just started fair. off reeling off from various like online lists of like 100 films you must watch before you die. I just picked a bunch that I was like, these ones are kind of a lot that I would have thought would have appealed to you or you probably would have watched, right? And what, what I want to ask, <clears throat> if you're listening, I'd like to post this question to you. Which of these films do you think is the one from this list that Jim has watched? I think you initially said two and then on reflection, <laughs> yeah, and, get back down to one. Yeah, and there's a, there's a reason for that. It's because I confused it with Armageddon. Okay. Right. Okay. So that's a bit of a clue. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that one is my <laughs> So the one he's confused with Armageddon is Apocalypse Now. Yeah. So spoiler on that one. He's not seen Apocalypse Now. I, I, mean, I don't think I've seen it. Armageddon, Apocalypse, they're the they're they both begin. They, they both begin with an A, right? Easily yeah. mistaken. They both begin with A. <laughs> yeah, you also, you also haven't seen Alien, so... <laughs> So I would like to challenge everyone listening um, to please guess which are from this list one of these films that Jamie's seen. So email us at catherobpod uh, at gmail.com. That's the one, yeah. Ooh. Yes, thank you very much. Well remembered. So here's or, a list or of, of course, get in touch with us on X at Pod. Oh, that's right. Oh. As well. We're, yeah, we're, we're very active on there. Yeah. 
it, it's usually me that's doing the socials as well, so you can give me shit for it. Yeah. And I will, of course, reply back. It's fine. You might not reply quite quickly enough, because you ask them about films, <laughs> you'll have to then get in touch with us. <laughs> you'll have to answer the question. <laughs> and if they, they, and if they don't reply quick enough, it's going to have to be a quick Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like Jim said, right, if list, you email list. in, we're, we're going to reply to you. Like, we, you know, we will come back to all oh, messages, yeah. and um, you're very likely to get a shout-out on the pod as well. So Instagram as well, just... Plug that in there as well. We've also got it. That's, That's also, I believe, at Casserole Pod as well, at is Casserole it? Pod, yeah. So without further ado, this is the list that I gave him. Apocalypse Now, Schindler's List, There Will Be Blood, Casino, Pulp Fiction, Lawrence of Arabia, Taxi Driver, Doctor Strangelove, Blade Runner, Heat, The Shining, Spinal Tap, The Thing, No Country for Old Men. Of that list, which is the only one that Jim has seen for definite, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And as an extra bonus point, yeah. there's one on that list that I haven't. You haven't seen. So yeah. you can pick the one film that Jim has seen and the one film that I haven't. That's right, yeah. Can we give a prize for this? Yeah. Um, can we give a shout out? Uh, yeah. A, a, okay. a congratulatory well done on the uh, podcast. A, a, a virtual pat on the back. And I'll tell you what, if we're the first person to send in the right answers, you get to choose a film and we will make a bloody cast roll. It's not bad effort, yeah, it's not bad. We will make room in our schedule that we have already written up. We will bump it down and your your choice will be the next episode. And equally, if you've got any suggestions that James, uh, Jim, James should watch of films that that maybe it's a fair estimate that you may not have seen. Yeah. If you think, if, if you don't do anything, You've got to watch this film before yeah. you die. Help us educate, Jim, please. And oh, people you. have already started doing so. The, the lovely people at Cinema Leap, The Story Of, and Pure Dead Gaming have, also, have already sent in their suggestions of films for us to do. do you want, would you like me to read out the ones you, that, they, that they've suggested? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. give us a few suggestions. So, yeah. they've suggested The Running Man. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good. Rock, shout. Rocky, which we have already which got in had, our yeah, schedule. In American Pie. Right, mm. I think yeah. we, have, we have done, haven't got comedy in our list yet, so yet. That we, uh... could be an interesting one for us to do. John Wick, oh. Ravenous, mm. the nineteen ninety three Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> do you know what? I've had that suggested to me by a few people. That would be great. Yeah. The Rock, yeah, Waterfield, nice. and a Razorhead. Mm, Which one was that? A Razorhead. That's uh, oh. David Lynch, right? Wait, is that right? Big I... film noir kind of. I don't think I know that one. I think I might be thinking of Pinhead, which is from Hellraiser. Hellraiser. So yeah, I don't think I know the other one. Mm, that's I mean, don't look at me. Choice. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen any of those? I've seen The Rock for sure. Oh, yeah, of course you've seen The Rock. And yeah. obviously I've seen American Pie and the 993 Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, uh, all the classics. All the classics, of course. Uh, but it's got to the yeah. point now. Oh, and Street Fighter. I've seen Street Fighter. I'm, oh, Street Fighter would be so much fun. That would be good. Like yeah. the film version that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the horrendous Sean Cole Van Damme and Kylie Minogue. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Awful. But yeah, let us know because we're still not entirely uh, sure whether or whether or not Jim grew up in some kind of cult or kind of like <laughs> Mormon, Mormon commune or Maybe something. Maybe we should show him the film. Bubble Boy with Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> yeah. to see if that was his childhood. <laughs> see, if it, see if it invokes any kind of PTSD on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, without any further ado, this is episode five. Amazing. Didn't think we'd get here. No, I mean, it's a, a, a small milestone, but it's a yeah. milestone all, it's all the same. Yeah, small and stones make giant... Houses. Rocks. Houses. Yeah. Boulders. Dams. That's a... 
An analogy that went off the cliff very quickly. but um, Well, firstly, you do say it's a, a little small milestone, and just want to quickly put a thank you out to everyone that so far has listened to us. Of course, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, I believe most places that you can find a podcast these days. So, of course, feel free to give us a download, give us a listen, and whilst you are there, of course, rate us five stars and leave us a small review with any feedback that you may have, good or bad. We want it all. And we will read and take it all on board. Not so, me. Not me, I hate Not it. Sam, because oh, he's not Sam. Only, not Sam. only positive stuff for me. <laughs> Sam's a fra- Sam is a fragile, fragile man. <laughs> yeah. he, if he reads anything bad, he just hides I, I crumble. I he crumble. crumbles. He's, yeah, crumbles. But yeah, so that's all we wish. Thank you for being with us so far. And this is episode five. And we've taken a trip back in time again mm. to the year 1984. Mm. Back to the 80s. And guys, that's more nineties. Who are you gonna yeah. call? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. We are doing Ghostbusters. I, I feel like I'm gonna be a wounded dog from, from Gladiator. I'm not sure how I'm gonna feel after this one. <laughs> this will be interesting because watching this film back, I realised that my sort of childhood memories of this film all related to Ghostbusters Two. Everything oh, really? I was like, oh, when's that? Oh, yeah, fuck, that's Ghostbusters 2. So everything I was thinking about was in the sequel. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to watch the first one and um, be really rather underwhelmed <laughs> by it. Yeah, see, I'm the same. I was one this of them. I went in, I was like, it's a classic. Whoa. But I don't think I enjoyed myself. Oh, guys, right. Okay. It was, I mean, I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it, but I'm not going to say I did enjoy it either. This film sucked. Seriously. Right. There is wow, whoa, hang on. Yeah, like, Torch is out for Nick this time round. Right, so, so just before anyone says anything, I feel like I have to say this right now. Yeah. I have been verbally warned <laughs> by several people <laughs> where I've told them that we're going to be redoing, recasting yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. And they have said to my face, <laughs> don't fuck this up. It's like, <laughs> like the best film ever. And they can't get any worse than me, so don't you worry Oh about my it. God. Right, don't okay, so I mean, Nick, you and I were on the same page with Gladiator against Jim. Yeah, and I now, thought this would be contentious. Right, so I know I'm a bit of a film lovey. Like, I love, I love films. And... Um, you know, I, I sort of I work in the industry a bit as well, and so you're you're of, always the more positive, aren't you? Yeah, and I fair. kind of like I feel like in order to get it on screen, so much work has gone into it. You've got to give them a bit of love, and there's always something good. Like it could be like a really shit script, but the CGI is great, or the acting's great, or vice versa. Uh, but for for you guys to genuinely think that <clears throat> Ghostbusters one isn't good. Does well, blow my mind. I, I haven't said I don't think it's not good. I just didn't really enjoy it either. Well, that but I'm, if you didn't I'm enjoy it. I'm very in the middle. I'm very in the middle of it. There were there were moments I liked, like Rick Moranis' character. I think he's brilliant. I think two, two, two four, a half of the Ghostbusters are brilliant. I think the other two are. Yeah, I could do without. Whoa, one. what like what two do you not think? Because I can understand. I, I could I could do without Winston and Egon. Egon's like the linchpin. I could do without him. So let me give you a little bit I could have watched Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd for the whole film, just them two. And it'd be them as the Ghostbusters. I, I didn't need the other two. So let's give a recap <laughs> of this film. So Ghostbusters is a 1984 American supernatural comedy film written and produced by Ivan Rickman 
uh, and written by Dan Aykroyd, who stars, and Harold uh, Ramis. Ramis? Ramis. Ramis, thank you, who also stars. So it's got Bill Murray, Aykroyd Ramis, uh, as Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, and Egon Spengler, uh, who later get joined... By Winston Z, yeah, Hudson. Winston Zedmore. Thank you. So it's three eccentric parapsychologists who start a ghost catching business in New York City. So, I mean, right. So if anyone hasn't seen this film, like, and and you're coming to it fresh, just remember it's obviously like an '80s film. It's very '80s. But I would imagine most people, apparently, apart from you two, would put this film up there with, like, you know all your classic childhood films. I mean, it, like it's a classic about. film, but just because it's classic doesn't mean it has to be good. But it is good. Like, it is it's good. A, just, uh, giving it the classic title doesn't instantly mean the film is good. I, I agree. I totally agree. But this I, is this a is good film. This is one of those occasions where I don't is... think the whole of the film is good. I mean, the I, only There bit, are bits of it which I think are great. The only bit that's was... weird is the, the ghost blowjob scene, which Dan Aykroyd yeah, insisted was... on keeping in. That was that was an odd one, <laughs> odd odd choice. So, in case you don't recall that scene, there's <laughs> there's during a montage once they're sort of once they get going with the Ghostbuster business, um, there's a scene where as Dan Aykroyd uh, is or Doctor Ray Stance is sleeping, sort of in the the station where it's, it's kind of their HQ. Uh, there's a ghostly apparition of a, of a lady with like floaty clothes floating above him, and then kind of his belt magically comes undone and it's intimating that the ghost is and he then kind of does like a oh yeah like eyes roll back in so apparently that was originally written into the script to have been an extended sequence and it was meant to have developed a a love interest for his character in the same way that bill murray has a living love interest in sigourney weaver's character who is just so gorgeous in this film She's like Sigourney yeah. Weaver is strikingly like, beautiful, striking, stunning, everything brilliant, <laughs> uh, fantastic. Let me tell you about what my problem was with this fucking film. Okay. <laughs> so obviously, this this film was a cultural phenomenon when it came out. It was unbelievably big. It blew up. It made a fuck ton of money. It was franchise merchandise. merchandise, merchandise yeah. right? yeah. Everyone now Insane. knows who to call. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I, I remember. <laughs> having the Ghostbusters outfit and power yeah. pack and whatnot when I was growing up. Right, so car, but I think that a lot yeah. of that was down to the cartoon. I remember watching the cartoon a lot when I was little. Yeah, the not, I don't, was good. I don't remember the much of the movies. Like mm-hmm. I said before, my memories of the movies, I remember the, the Stay Puff Man going through the city, but I don't remember a lot. I don't remember a lot else. So I've obviously mm-hmm. at some point watched this film, but I don't remember a lot of it because the only lasting memory I have is like I said, is off Stay Puff marauding through the city. Mm. And obviously, it was, at the time, uh, as well as being like, massive, it was reviewed pretty favourably. Um, people really praised Bill Murray's performance, as you can imagine. And what really surprises me is that to this day, it's, and I really felt looking back at this film and watching it, I was like, really? Is that it's maintained, like I'm sure you would agree with that, yeah. as like one of those films where it's like, you have to watch this film before you die. Like, it's in everyone's top 100 list or whatever. It's like a cornerstone of like really good filmmaking and I just think it was poop it's, it's and I, I, I agree that it should be on that list of films you watch before you die I'm just not agreeing that it instantly makes it a good film 
I just, I, I mean, I, it's I, an enjoyable don't film. Don't worry, guys. Just not don't necessarily worry. a good film. Don't worry, because I know that everyone listening to this is is now thinking that Nick and Jim are mental. This film's so bad. Their mind. This, it's this not. film has great parts, right? And I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm tr- name <laughs> one thing that's bad. Right. About it. My issue with this film is, I went in thinking, oh, I haven't watched a bit of Bill Murray comedy goodness for a long time. I haven't watched Groundhog Day for a long time. I haven't watched Lost in Translation for a long time. All these films where he's unbelievable. And I went in with really high hopes that he was going to really deliver. Um, and it just kind of annoyed me throughout this film. I found him really kind of scene-hogging. And I don't know whether it's the way that they wrote it. And I think reading up, reading up about this film, I think obviously the, the script originally was written by Dan Aykroyd. It's his kind of like... Um, it was his baby. He originally intended it to be... He intended the Ghostbusters to be like space-travelling, intergalactic ghosts and alien hunters and then I think working with um, the other writers working with Ramis he revised it to set it on planet earth make it much more realistic and that's where the supernatural elements would be more kind of fun kind of relatable because they're happening on earth Um, but I think bringing in Murray um, they had to change a lot of scenes to give Murray more screen time it just ends up being a vehicle for Bill Murray well obviously a lot of his lines were ad-lib as well yeah and but I think that is a that's that's a oh, I can't remember the word I'm thinking of here. Just edit this out. No. That's a credit <laughs> to how good Bill Murray is because I don't think you could spot what the ad libs were. I think you I, can. I don't I think, think you, you can. Could... Half of what he's saying is probably ad lib, and I think that's his comedy genius normally. But I think some of it, I don't know whether it's because he does. There's not enough of his lines to bounce off of. <clears throat> Whether it's the fact that he's working with other comedians, because obviously Dan Aykroyd, um, Ramis, comedians from like Saturday Night Live and that kind of thing, whether there's a bit of competition there, I don't know. But I think they, they ended up adapting so much of this film to fit around Murray and extending his scenes. I just don't think there's much other room for particularly Aykroyd and... and um, Ramis to, sh- Ramis to shine, I'm going to struggle with that this whole fucking episode. Yeah. Um, so to give you an example, so Hudson, so Ernie Hudson, um, he auditioned for the role of Winston Zenimore five times. He got it. According to him, uh, orig- the original version of the script he received, his role was much, much, much bigger. And on the day of shooting, and they were like, here's your revised script, your role <laughs> is tiny. And there's a reason for that. Because they had to, ex- they extended Murray's part so much. It, no, it's because originally that role was for Eddie Murphy. Yes. And yeah. that script had to be rewritten because originally the character of Winston was meant to join the cast at the hotel and be the one that got slimed by Slimer. Right. So, and because Murphy then dropped out, they had to rewrite that part and that script, and which is obviously why when Ernie Hudson got it, it's a much smaller part. And you can tell because he's, he's not not really in the film. Doesn't lot, have is he? a lot to do. So, right. so good, is Okay. It? So, don't worry, guys. I'm about to jump in here and explain why they're all wrong, everything they've just said. Right, so it's not you're, wrong. You're it's right. You're, you're right about the Eddie Murphy piece, and I, I think probably even Ernie Hudson would agree that he's not on the same level as Eddie Murphy. So if you were going to have Eddie Murphy, and then you go to Ernie Hudson, you've got to rewrite it. You've got to make it smaller. He's not got that draw power. Okay, he's not got that screen presence. He plays a really key role. You you mentioned about the fact that he's the only guy that's not got a doctorate. And obviously that is a little bit awkward that he's the only African-American person in the cast and he's not got a doctor and these others have. Yeah. But he plays a really important role in every one of these films, especially when you've got like three nerdy scientists and they're talking about like, you know, 
field generators and you're talking about like sign um proton you know, packs proton packs and all that stuff. You, like need every every man man you need the everyman. Like, yeah, you, so you, you know, need that character. Yeah, when you when you audition, not when you audition, when you yeah, when you apply for the job and then you're having an interview, the response yeah. was as long as you're paying my check, I don't care. Exactly. I'll believe, I'll believe whatever you want and me to he, believe. He plays it very well. Now you said about like, you know, the 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 interplay with sort of the characters being a bit awkward. I think this is one of its strengths. Now you're right that Bill Murray is a bit irritating in it, but his character is meant to be irritating. He never takes anything seriously. Everything he said is sarcastic. Everything now, maybe I'm talking from experience, <laughs> but <laughs> that is people's <laughs> reaction to me. Maybe it's like it's like it is fucking irritating when you can't just get a sensible answer out of someone. People often say to me like Sam, "Can you just enter this without making a joke out of it?" And it's difficult for me. So, like, but, like, his character does that. Dan Aykroyd's character, it doesn't... The film does not diminish him in any way. Bill Murray is definitely the star, but Dan Aykroyd is well up there. And I think he comes off better for sort of moving aside graciously and actually being that nice foil. He actually is the one that's, like, the smart one. He is the one that does, you know, the, the mechanical work. He's, like, sort of the lovable goof of it. And Ramis, like, although he's, I would suggest, a much better director than he is uh, an actor, because he moves into directing, does a lot of excellent stuff, has worked with Bill Murray quite a lot. I think he's lot. the best of the four in this. <laughs> he is, he's very good. He's again, is a key role. He's like the sort of the sage, wise one. And I think when we all come to our lovely caster role that we have prepared for this film... Um, which, by the way, I win in this because my <laughs> cast, my casting is amazing because it comes from a place of love for as this film. As long as you've made it better. Well, I mean that's that's arguable. All I'm but... saying, I'm not. All I'm saying, we're not just default picking Sam's option. Mind. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just saying, right? This is in my top ten. This one, wow, of my, really? one of my closest friends. It's in his top five. It's possibly his number one. Really, I know a lot of people that love this film. Wow. I don't think. I think again, it's one of those things. Do you know, last time we were talking about. Uh, Russell Crowe yes and you didn't like it but it's like he's got to deliver some of these lines and make them believable at no point do you watch this film and go like ghosts coming out of manholes you're like fucking hell yeah there's ghosts here it makes sense it's a believable universe these guys are interacting and participating in this world believably that is fucking difficult when you're talking about some of the subjects that they're going over did you not just think though that 80-90% of the acting in this film is really bad no, Did no, I don't. Really no, I, I don't think it was. No, I'm with Sam. I don't I think it was thought, badly acted. I think it was cheesy. I think it was. I think it was, I think it was oh. really cheesy and really corny at times. But I, I wouldn't ever say it was bad. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with I also, Sam on that. I don't think they were bad. I also think it was from a writing perspective. It's stuck in this weird place between it doesn't quite know whether it's a aiming it, it kind of kids from kind of like that launching a big franchise perspective. Whether it's aiming at kind of teens with its kind of like childish humour, the way it was written, I just think there's so much childish writing in this from Ackroyd. Like, there's a lot of scenes where, where they're scientists, right, at the university, and then they come out and like they're talking about something and they're passing back and forth like a bottle of booze or something. And there's loads of scenes where like they've got cigarettes hanging out their mouth. And I, just I mean, it was the like, 80s. It was the 80s, right? But I just feel like it was Ackroyd. On full kind of like boyish mode, and oh, 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 and then we can have like cigarettes in this next scene. That would be cool. And then oh, we could be passing some booze back and forth. Like I just didn't buy, even from a comedic perspective. Um, I, I I wonder whether we're spoiled these days, and we've been through some amazing eras of like such good comedy. And I don't want to downplay the fact that all everyone involved in this film 
are great actors in their own right. I just didn't, just didn't get drawn by any of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. No, I'm, I know how you're feeling, Nick, because you know, I, I was the same last last episode. I did, I really did not enjoy the film, but I, I, I do think you are way off on this one. Take it. I'm, I, I'm not. Like I said, I didn't really enjoy it to the degree where I'm going to be like with Sam and his mate saying, "Oh, this is in my top 10 No chance. It's not. I wouldn't even. I mean, I'd be surprised if I've even watched a hundred films to put it in a. To, <laughs> by, to by de, so by default, top, it is. It's probably already by default. Films. It's in my top hundred. Yeah. But I'm not. I, mean, I wouldn't be rushing to go watch it again. That's for certain. Oh, but, I might watch it again after we finish recording it. But I certainly didn't. Do, I certainly didn't do. not enjoy my time watching it. I'm just not. Glowing reviews. I think this would be a good. I think this would be a good sh- sh- time to shout out somebody that um, that that listens to this podcast. Um, and actually, when he was listening to the, I feel like we should give a warning right now because he was listening to the first podcast, and actually was in a car crash. When he <laughs> a, a nice one, it was just a fender bender. It wasn't a massive issue. But he was listening to our podcast. And he had this little crash, and he would say we were just still going on in the background as he was trying to deal with this. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't cause the crash. Well, we might I mean, have done. Right, <laughs> we so, might have well off. So, so Seb, if you're listening, we're sorry. Don't but drive. Don't listen to this one. Or, la- or, or, or Gladiator, but that's too late now. It's crazy. <laughs> or do drive well. But yeah, don't yeah. listen to it while you're driving. In fact, nobody should be driving while listening to this because maybe Nick's pull, opinion maybe, would make me crash. But the maybe, car. maybe pull Plenty up to the side of the road for. Until you get past this bit and then wait till the cast roll before you move on. It's so bad. <laughs> Look, do you want some trivia about this fucking film? Or no, what? not for you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're getting it. <sighs> so, do you want some Nicopedia or what? Yeah, go on. Then. Get on it. Go, go on. on. Okay, so interesting stuff uh, about this film that jumped out. So the title Ghostbusters was already legally restricted. Uh, and that was by the 70s children's show, The Ghostbusters, which was owned by Universal Studios. Uh, so they considered a number of alternative titles. Uh, for the film, so Ghost Stoppers, bad. Yeah. Ghost Breakers, not great. Ghost Mashers, that's the worst. <laughs> uh, and then um, I think one of the people involved parted ways with Columbia Pictures at the time, early in Ghostbusters production, and became the head of Universal Pictures. At which point they sold um, the title for half a million, plus one percent of the film's profits. But apparently, according to like Hollywood's accounting practices, that never got paid up because like they inflated the amount that the film cost in production to like, oh, we never made enough to have to pay you back anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as James, you touched on, Ackroyd wrote the script, intending to star alongside Eddie Murphy and his close friend John Belushi, um, who sadly died in 1982. Uh, so then Murray, Bill Murray was brought into the film. He was considered essential to um, the film's success. I don't know fucking why. Um, <laughs> wow! Uh, but other people considered Michael Keaton would have been better Chevy Chase would have been better Tom Hanks, Robin Williams, Steve Guttenberg and Richard Pryor were also considered for the role um, and then other people considered for Egon Christopher Walken I mean that would have been a hell of a shout uh, John Lithgow I'm not even going to no I'm not going to do a fucking impression you don't <laughs> Please, deserve it on. you don't deserve Please. it no. I, oh, I just assumed you were giving me that look because that's who's in your casserole uh, no no although he has said a name yeah. Uh, who else considered Christopher Lloyd Jeff Goldblum would have been amazing and Keaton as well all considered for Goldblum would oh Goldblum would have been brilliant Goldblum was almost one of my choices actually. really Goldblum, he, yeah. he'd be really fucking good um, and there's some really fun facts about the special effects used in this film because I think a lot of it was really cutting edge at the time uh, they approached a number of different studios to do it 
Uh, and the special effects artist Steve Johnson sculpted the um, ghost of Slimer. Like he did like the puppet for Slimer, who at the time was called, referred to as the onion head ghost <laughs> because of the actual puppet's unpleasant spell, smell. Um, it wasn't called Slimer until the real Ghostbusters cartoon came out in 86. Um, the Slimer design for the puppet took six months and approximately cost £300,000. I mean, what was this guy doing? This might explain it. After struggling to complete uh, the design due to executive interference, Johnson, the artist, took at least three grams of cocaine. <laughs> this was the 80s. And completed the final design in one night. Fucking <laughs> hell. Here you fucking go. <laughs> so was all about 300 grand just spent on cocaine then or something? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and yeah, like they've obviously he's got very infamous, iconic Michelin man. Uh, or Marshmallow Man, who was based on a cross between the Michelin Man and the Pillsbury Doughboy. Um, there were 18 foam suits used for it, each costing around £30,000. Uh, 17 of them worn by the stuntman were burned as part of filming. And then all of the marshmallow that rains down upon everyone once like the, um, the Marshmallow Man is exploded. Oh, spoilers. Sorry about that. <laughs> spoilers <laughs> for a film at nearly 40 years old. What yeah. do you guys think that was made from? All the marshmallow stuff that rained down? Uh, so Bill Murray jizz. <laughs> you fucking wish it was. <laughs> uh, shaving cream. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, that was sense. close enough with soap. Yeah, yeah, and after seeing the initial 150 pounds of shaving cream to be used, um, the crew involved suggested that they test it first, and they tested it, and it knocked down a stuntman, <laughs> nearly injured him. So I think they took that down by half. Yeah, wow. That's a lot of uh, a lot of shaving cream. So I mean, uh, as much as I love Nickopedia Corner, and I'm sure you all do. Um, if you are interested on Netflix, there's um, a series called The Movies That Made Us. Mm. And one of those is Ghostbusters. In fact, Jim, you should probably, I mean, it'll be waste on you. you have seen any of the films. <laughs> but actually, it's like a really good documentary series where it goes into like the making of all these sort of famous, iconic films. And one of them is Ghostbusters. And I, 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 I do see that show crop up on my, my list, really on my For Me tab. And I'm like, why? If you're, if, you're, <laughs> if you're into nostalgia in any way and you're like us, children of the 80s, 90s, um, then go that there's like the toys that made us and there's the movies that made us. And they're really good documentaries. Yeah. You know, I was into nostalgia before I watched this film again. Oh, fuck you. Oh, man. I'll cheer up. I'll cheer up. Are you right. sure? Do you yeah. know what? Can, right, can, you okay. act, are you, can you actually? Because I'm not. You're, you're a right miserable cunt right now. <laughs> right, it, like so, I'm meant to be the miserable one. You two are meant to be the positives. This is how I felt last time about Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sam, I think right now Sam is just a pit of despair. I'm, two episodes on the trot. He's had yeah, two films podcast. slam. Can <laughs> we call the the happy movie reviewer? It would be boring if we all were like, yeah, this is just. All yeah, I mean, do you know what? I it think is, Sam's on the verge of walking out. No, I mean, he's good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm quite surprised you had such like a negative response. So I get that you made me like mm. it just was a bit lost on me and stuff, but like yeah, I just felt the whole thing was lazy. Uh, yeah, oh. and kind of like um, um, what do you call it when you're just kind of overdoing everything for its own sake, for your own enjoyment? Self-indulgent. It was self-indulgent, like really self-indulgent. But I feel strongly that I can improve this film with oh. my cast role. Oh, and good thing about this time, we're doing things a little bit differently. We certainly are. We so we are each taking all four of the Ghostbusters and we are producing our own team of Ghostbusters each, right? We're only going to be suggesting one name each. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you want to do the deciding, or do you want to do it all at the end? Yeah. After we've done, yeah. after we've done all our castings, or are we, because we're doing the four Ghostbusters each, 
And then we've also taken one of the other kind of major major roles, haven't we? Yeah. So should yes. we do that at the end, or should we do the Ghostbusters before we then go on and do our? So other you get three? you get to see how the how the how the pie is made this here, aren't you? We're, <laughs> we are a slick team of professionals that have. Worked all this just out. Just to, yeah, We're decided about to play rock paper scissors. <laughs> <laughs> rock paper scissors. Some phenom- phenom- phenomenal audio. Yeah, rock paper scissors. I like it. So, um, can I be Dwayne the Rock? Or was it on the, he's yeah, got to get in there. He's got to get in there. Yeah. So, um, I think we should each do our like four recastings, uh, our like four main ones, and then once we've agreed on that, we'll then do who we pick for the the quote unquote minor roles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so for the minor roles, um, I've got Janine uh, Melnitz, played by Annie Potts, who is the awesome New York receptionist. Yeah. Ghostbusters! <laughs> <laughs> we got one! Captain <laughs> Yeah, Captain yeah. Jack Black, um, <laughs> the receptionist. Wow, that was an incredible... And who have you got, Jim? Uh, I've got the stunning, the beautiful Sigourney Weaver. Nice. Playing. We got one. <laughs> <laughs> playing. I've only got one impression of females. Pl- playing. Playing Dana Barrett. Oh yeah, she's. And oh, and I've got her, the luckiest man in the world, because he gets to kiss Sigourney Weaver in this. I have got. Um, oh no, I'm completely blanking. Hang on, let me get my list up. Oh, he's so famous, and it's really annoying. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. That's the word. Thank you very much. He's he played a few things I really did enjoy in this. He was, he was, he was great. Yeah. Lewis, 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 Lewis Tully, played by Rick Moranis. I mean, he's he's genius. He's amazing in everything. He's really um, good in it. Shout out to him as well because if you don't know the history of Rick Moranis, he was like top of his game. He was in Spaceballs, everywhere, Flintstones, wasn't he? Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. This he's in everything. And then, really sadly, his wife passed away at like the top of his fame and so he just quit acting to look after his kids I mean and so like wow. he's then just in nothing until like he's now back in a few things because his kids are grown up and yeah. I just think I mean, major props can't, you cannot, can't knock him for that can you he's no. taken he's put family before fame exactly and and he you know big shout out to him for yeah, this he's super good he's super good Dr. Peter Venkman he's quite a very, like as Sam, quite a sleazy, sleazy guy. He's so sleazy in this. That's the other. Like, right, thing. right at the, be- right at the beginning, so when you see him, he's shocking this this dude. But then also like the bird, the bird who he clearly wants to shag. He's like, you're wrong. But yeah, it's, it's clearly humping the students and it's, stuff. It's meant diff- to be like, oh, Bill Murray's such a scamp. It's difficult for Jim to throw sh- too much shade when he's saying the bird he wants to shag. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? He is trying to shag his student. Yeah. And he does try and shag his client in Sigourney Weaver. And yeah, but you know, he's, he's all a lovable he's all right. what a lovable he's fine. Right. He's 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 so And obviously, you know, he's also he's also quite dismissive of of uh, of Ray and with some of his theories, you know, because again, he's quite sarcastic. It's like, oh yeah. So sarcastic. So I can picked, imagine like I have picked an actor like a family member or something. Shut up. Off <laughs> So yeah, so I have a so picture actor says. who I actually. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say in a minute. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've I've picked an actor who I think could do both. But I know he could probably do both. And he's also quite a nerdy guy as well. That's Nathan Fillion. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's that? Nathan Fillion from uh, from um, Firefly, from Serenity. Oh, yeah. Castle. Oh, I do know Nathan. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah okay. If you watch Big Mouth, he's. Uh, He's, he's good he's, in that. Yeah, he does he's, 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 he plays Nathan Fillion. 
because one of the characters oh, in really? one of the characters in Big Mouth is obsessed with Nathan Fillion. Right. So he like pops up in her dreams playing himself, <laughs> being like, "I'm Nathan Fillion and I'm great." <laughs> I think he's I think he's, I think he's funny. He's got you know he can he could, he could do some of, he could be really quippy. He could be he could be a bit sleazy if he wanted to. He could he could definitely do the sarcastic approach to it. I think he'd fit Peter Benkman pretty well. That is a good show. Yeah. Moving on to the next one, obviously partner in crime, Raymond Stance, played by Dan Aykroyd. I wanted someone who I think could play off well from Nathan Fillion. So I've gone with someone a bit younger than him in Zachary Levi or Levi. Uh, yeah, okay. So he plays Shazam, and he's, uh, he's in Chuck. Yeah, and good luck, Chuck. And he's uh, he's the voice actor in lots of stuff. Yeah. he's actually the new voice actor of Rocky the Rooster in the new Chicken Run. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. taking yeah. over from Mel yes. Gibson. That was on yes. our house TV the other day. Oh, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it, but yeah. <laughs> of course you didn't. <laughs> it was they, they watched, did watch it. Moving pictures. <laughs> uh, my, my 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 wife and son watched it while I was while I was out. So, yeah, so moving on to Egon Spengler. I'm having a bit of a struggle with these two because, as I said, I, I could have done without these two, even though, you know, you have contested that Egon is quite a major role. I, like I said, I, I would have probably quite happily watched just the two of them. No, no, yeah, what yeah. another 40 minutes of you just need, Bill Murray. You need, you need Harold Ramis because he's like the straight man. You know, he's the he's the straight man. He's got some really funny lines though. Do you know the line when like, Janine's like, "Don't you have any hobbies?" And he's like, he's about to walk out, and then he's like, "I collect fungus spores." Yeah, he, I was like, "That's great." Yeah, line. he's good, but he's the, he's the straight man. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's no longer a man. Yo. Ooh. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what name he would go by because I don't think Egon really fits a, a female. But I've i I'm casting Kobe Smulders. Okay, yeah, I like her. You you know who she is? No. No, she's in How I Met Your Mother and she's in Marvel films. She plays Miranda Hill. Oh. She's I, I just quite like her. I think she could play quite a nerdy science lady. She, yeah. Quite well. I think she could do the role quite well and still keep the charm of the character. Yeah, I, I think that. I think I, I don't I don't know if, if, if she would maybe quite be like nerdy enough. Like, because in the film, like, you know, Spengler is the one that sort of keeps Stans and Venkman in line, yeah. almost. You know, he's sort of the father figure, almost. Uh, it could be a mother figure, I'm not saying that, but I think Kobe might be a bit young. How are you extrapolating that much insight into... Because I watched the, a fucking the, great the, film that is Ghostbusters <laughs> that cast. No point, no point are they developing, like, fatherly relations yeah, with these guys. Yeah, them. You so see it There's in little no things. There's no dynamic you whatsoever. See it. You so see it. That they kind of, they almost, they sometimes dismiss Spengler because he's a bit like older and he's kind of like a bit more curmudgeon Like, yeah, there's such nuanced performances. Nuanced! Nuanced! I mean, I don't know why you keep looking over me for backup here, Nick. Who's, <laughs> who's next? Come on. I do like Kobe. I think, I think, she, I think she'd change it up. I do think it's interesting. I, I think my only thing is like, I think you'd have to then change... Um, Venkman's character because he'd be hitting on her the whole fucking time. Good point. He's a creep. He, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do uh, you know what though? He doesn't um, hit on Janine, does he? But she's not classically attractive. He's well, shallow. Really pretty in there. Yeah, you might. But he doesn't. Okay, fine. <laughs> 
Carry on. Can I round up Winston, my team? Can I round up my team? Have you Winston, two stop bickering? Winston Zedmore. I'm sorry. I love you. You're about to swap places in a minute. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> so rounding out my team, Winston Zedmore, of course, as we've said, played by Ernie Hudson. He's the guy that's quite happy to just pick up a paycheck and believe whatever he's being told to, as he as he states in the film. I will believe whatever you want, providing you're paying me. He, I, I've, I've put in Don Cheadle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Don Cheadle is is solid. He's solid, solid, Don, solid, 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 solid Don. Solid hand. Uh, yeah. It makes sense. He will do what he, he he will perform what's required of that role. And I think actually, I think this is a really <coughs> excuse me, is a really good casting there because um, Winston Zedmore's character um, is, as we've talked about, really important because he's the everyman. He's the one that is there to ask, "What do you mean by that?" So that it can be explained to the audience yeah. in like an organic way. Yeah. yeah. And I can definitely see Don Cheadle like like he is in Iron Man Two, where he's like Tony Stark saying something crazy. He's like. What are you talking about and then like he explains it yeah so i think i think that would be a really good casting there and there we are okay that's that's, that's my oh that's nice it's my team of ghostbusters nice. so can you just recap those yeah so that right? is um venkman peter venkman is now nathan fillion nice raymond stance zachary levi or levi however it's pronounced egon spengler who will probably get a name change is now kobe smolders and winston winston zedmore is don cheadle Nice. I can see that working. I can see that working. But um, you're not impressed, are you, Sam? Well, I mean, it's just not my cast, which is <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's, mine is... Here mine we is, bloody go. Come on, you've been building it. All right. All right. I mean, I, th- okay. I think we're going to have to, because after some of the stuff Nick's thrown out, I'm worried he's just recasting Michael Cera in yeah. all four roles. So, so <laughs> I've... <laughs> Michael Cera. He should be one of the ghosts. So um, I I kind of did what you did, um, where you stuck to like a genre and stuff. So I stuck to actors that could have actually been in this film, and I've I've gone the ages that they would be when this film came out. Oh, nice! So, so era yeah, so it's specific. era specific. There are mm. actors that were big at this time that mm. they appeared with each other. One of the names you did actually mention it was in the running. And oh. stuff. Now just remember, people, this is apparently the best choices now. Well, no, the, the, I love the film, so I like the original cast, but I also love all the people I've gone for. So, okay. Peter Venkman, Bill Murray, okay, so in this, you've got him being the, um, obviously, he's the, the sort of the, the, the ladies' man. You know, he's the player. Yeah. So I've kind of gone for someone that kind of plays that in a kind of a bit of a jokey way. I've gone with Steve Martin. Nice. So Steve Martin would have been 39 at the time. Yeah. Now, if you know Steve Martin, obviously he's come back into it now with Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, I've heard that really good thing. It's, oh, it's that's really good. phenomenal. It is, is it? really good. That is really, but really good. But back in the day, he, he's in one of my favourite comedy films of all time, which is The Man With Two Brains. Mm. And if you've not seen it, we should watch that, we should recast it. It's brilliant. He, there's so many silly things. He was in a film called The Jerk. I mean, he was just, he was huge sort of in the 80s. Yeah, he was. Um, um, he was also, what was it, Cheaper by the Dozen as the dad and naked, stuff. Is it naked, no, not, not, not Naked Gun. It's, no, not Naked it's, Gun. What's it? It's, um, oh, it's the, it's, the, it's the Spice Booth, isn't it? It's not, it's not called, what's it? It's, no. Not Naked Gun, is it? It's, it's something. Spy Hard. Spy Hard, that's But no, one. that's the, the guy one. from Naked Gun. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is, yeah. Leslie, Leslie Oh, Nelson. fuck it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why you're thinking yeah, Naked Gun. That's yeah, why, that's why I'm thinking it. Yeah, no, yeah. But they do, yeah, they, they, like, yeah. Okay. I've also seen, like, the, the film The Three Amigos. 
him, Chevy Chase, Martin Short. Classic, yeah. Yeah, so he's like the Lothario one in that trio as well. So I think he'd be really good. He's 39 at the time. He's big on the comedy scene. He would hold the presence of that, and he'd be good at ad-libbing as well. Yeah, works, it works. So, for Ray Stantz, Dan Aykroyd's character, the sort of the lovable kind of silly guy, but he's doing like the fixing, he's the one that kind of isn't really good with money. It's kind of all his... It's kind of his, his whole thing. It's, it's kind of his thing, ways. yeah. And he's yeah. kind of what I would describe him as is like a bit of a puppy dog. Yeah. So I've gone with John Candy. Nice. I, I could have sworn I read somewhere that he was considered. He probably was. So this well. is it. John Candy. He's in Uncle Buck. He's in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. He's in. He's in Home Alone. He's the guy that's like poker, poker, poker. Oh, it's poker. him. Him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was. I thought that was the case, but yeah. I didn't want to. Spat my mouth out again and John get it wrong. Candy, again. I swear, Red was considered for the role of Lewis. Yeah, I can imagine that. I, I think he said he didn't quite get the character. He he would much prefer to play in. It was something like with a Russian accent and like lots of golden retrievers. <laughs> <laughs> and then it didn't take. They were so like, he well, would have no. been. He would have been thirty-four at the time. So the youngest of my recasting in this. So I think he would have been brilliant. Obviously, big at the time would have been really funny. Would yeah. have been great. Um, for my Egon Spengler, Harold Rhymes does it amazingly. So obviously the older one, the kind of the father figure, but that kind of has that bit, you know, especially when he's in front of the, you know, trying to stop the people from turning off the power unit. It eventually leads to this explosion that lets all these ghosts out. I've gone with Gene Wilder. Mm. Now, Gene Wilder would have been 51 at the time. He is obviously trying in the chocolate factory. What he a is, comedic. I mean, he's legend. amazing, right? Yeah. He is in Young Frankenstein. He's in Blazing Saddles. I mean, he could have been my Venkman, you know, if I was doing a yeah, era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's good. So I I did consider him for Venkman, but I um <coughs> I thought he would be he wouldn't do as well as sort of like the sort of cheesy Lothario. Mm-hmm. I thought he might have been more of the one that like says those like complicated lines, you know, and stuff. Yeah, nice. <coughs> so then feeding off of that, my. Winston Zedmore would then be Richard Pryor, mm. which I know he was being considered for some of those roles in there. But Richard Pryor, you know, he obviously appeared with Gene Wilder in so many films. Yeah, um, hear no evil, see no evil. He's a comedian of the time. This is I'm a good trying cast. to explain this. this is a good to, cast. It is right. So it's not that bad. Is my four. You've got Steve Martin, John Candy, Gene Wilder, and Richard Pryor. That's fucking comedy '80s gold. I think what you is got it there, too comedy though. Well, but then, I mean, like, if you look at Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, they are this is comedy gold. Yeah, but, they, yeah, but this, this film was not pure comedy, was it? It was trying... Yeah, it was. They were trying, it is pure it is comedy. comedy. They, 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 they were clearly trying to put, be a bit serious about it as well, yeah, let's be I honest. Mean, but what I mean, bits like, were they trying to be... The whole fucking thing. You can really? clearly see they were trying to seriously play these roles as well. They weren't, they well, weren't yeah, just firing... It wasn't just, it wasn't just firing comedy left, right and centre, was it? But all these people are good actors. They can do serious. It's just they're known for their comedy. And I think as well, this comes back to the fact, I see what you're getting at there. This comes back to the fact that everyone else ended up needing to adjust some of their performances to fit and to cater to Bill Murray. Yeah. Would you not agree with that? Like, because um, so much of the com- comedy delivery... Like, uh, Aykroyd, yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the comedy was Bill Murray. Ackroyd got his stuff in, but yeah, it was a lot of Bill Murray. I think the problem with what the casting you've come across there with Sam is they'd all want their stuff. 
No, but I mean, that's... Oh, you think they would all want their point. stuff in that film? Good point. But all these people have worked together before. They have, they know how to work with each other. I mean, Steve Martin and John Candy in Plane, Trains, Automobiles, amazing combination. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor in Hear No Evil, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, amazing combination. They know how to balance each other. It's definitely like a comedy supergroup yeah. of that era. Yeah. And that would definitely be a spectacle to see. Yeah. I mean, you know... Just as strong as the original... Probably better. Uh, well, that's the. I mean, that's the thing. And I mean, I mean, you know what? You you are right in that 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 it is is a possibly a bigger ensemble cast. I mean, definitely, obviously, Richard Pryor is bigger than than um, Ernie Hudson. No, no shade at Ernie Hudson, but like you know, Winston Zedmore would suddenly be on a level with you know everyone else. And as we've discussed, maybe maybe he would be the one to take the sliming. You know, he's more of an Eddie Murphy kind of level. Mm. So yeah, that's that's my cast. Yeah, I, I like it. I my I just think my issue with that is like it like says I think it's too comedy. I think they would all want to get their stuff in to make sure they shine, like Bill Murray clearly does. Okay, guys, well, get, get um, it over and done with then. Nick. Come on, tell us how <laughs> tell us how you have ruined Ghostbusters even more. I don't think I've ruined it. Well, no, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because <laughs> I, I have to say I do have to say that my cast. Although I think it's good, it's not different. It's not out there. It won't change the film at all. It's it's not really got any talking points. It just would be done really well by these people. Yeah, yeah. That I've cast point. it in that. Whereas way my cast, my cast would be a different it's dynamic. It'd be a different I'd film. Yeah. Be interested in seeing. Yeah. Know, so. Well, part of me was like, oh, maybe I could go and like make this like a a really gritty horror remake, and who would I cast? And then I could be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Some might call this lazy. I call it efficient. Um, Pick up this version, this cast. This is a film for me being made in kind of middle to late 2000s, okay? So that's where you need to put yourself. Hang on. Okay? I'm there. Think about the film Wedding Crashes. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, Christ. That's a good film, isn't it? No. That's a good I comedy mean, performance. Okay? Nick, are, so is this are it you really about to put Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn in this fucking film? Right, so on. here we go. So here we go. Just, just to clarify. Just to clarify a second. Yeah. You know you said, like, we've been, like, we've been spoiled with, like, a glut of comedy films, <laughs> so maybe I'm... The, are you I didn't say I was going there. No, I didn't say I was going there. there. You told us to go to Wedding Crashes. Right. Trust me, this is a better film. Right. Peter Venkman is Vince Vaughn. Ray Sands oh. is Owen Wilson. Oh. Egan Spengler is Will Ferrell. And Winston Zeddemore is Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson? Craig Robinson is amazingly funny. He's in a lot of the Judd episode films. Like he's in um, Pineapple Express. Um, Superbad, probably. Uh, this is 40, all those kind of films. I've seen all those films. I'm just blanking on the... So what you've done there is you've named four people. One, who I don't know... One, I oh, think... Oh, fucking hell, The Office. Oh, so, yeah, I didn't watch yeah. The American Office, but... You haven't watched The American Office? No, no. Watch The American Office, man. It's amazing. Okay. So, so what you've named there is one person I don't know. Two Top I, Time Machine. Two, two, yes. I think are, two I think are horrifically overrated, and one I think's awful. Do you know what? Vince Vaughn, I think, is extremely underrated as a comedic uh, actor. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I, I think, for me, he does... He actually does something very similar to what Bill Murray does... And that is that kind of self-deprecating sarcasm, um, where it's almost it's almost like he's taking making fun of the fact of being in a, in a film and some of his performances. Very nonchalant, but I think actually a lot of his timing and delivery is really really good. Um, I think Owen Wilson would be fine for wow. fine for 
stance. Like he'll just be like the puppy dog, kind of excited by everything. To be fair, he's very good in Loki. Right, like, he'd, be, uh, he is he'd be fine. You're not asking much for much more for that role, are no. we? Um, that's putting down Owen Wilson. I think he's great. Will Ferrell, I think, would be hilarious as Egon. I think if he really ramped up the fact that he was super geeky, I think. And what even with this cast, I feel like it still deserves a better script to get more out of the dynamic between them. And that's why I kind of chose this cast, remade it kind of in a slightly later period. I think it would be slightly more kind of, this might be like a 12 or 15. It would be slightly funnier in that regard. It could be a little bit more adult with the humour. Um, I think it would work. I have to say, the only one I like is Craig Robinson. Yeah, I don't even know who Craig Robinson is. is there, have you seen The American Office? No. Uh, have you seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Yes. The black guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, okay, you know? yeah, yeah. And do you know, and he would be hilarious. He would. He'd be like, oh, so I'm the fucking. Yeah, I do, uh, yeah. Yes. Now I know who he is. Yeah, that's the only name I think out of the four I like. And I think he would be like, I think he'd see a guy and be like, oh, fuck it out here. And yeah. like, leg it. Like, I, yeah. I really like that. That's the only one I like. Yeah, he's great. I like Will Farrell. But if you're talking about Bill Murray made at the Bill Murray show, Will Farrell would make Will it Farrell a would Will just, Farrell show. Yeah, Will Farrell. I think he could be, and I think I think he'd almost be funnier if he were underplaying this a little bit. And he's like, oh my God, it's Will Farrell. But he was kind of super serious at times, had a couple of really funny moments, like when he's talking about collecting spores and mould and stuff. Actually, uh, right, give you your due. If it's the Will Farrell from... Um, Farrell. Farrell. It might be Farrell. <laughs> um, if it's the one from um, oh what's the film where he plays it really straight and it's an apple on the front cover um, do you know what guys stick with me this is a quick googling it's Will Farrell's best film <laughs> by a mile <laughs> Stranger Than Fiction have you seen Stranger Than Fiction I don't think I have actually with Will Farrell no it's his best film by a country mile mm. it's got Maggie Gyllenhaal, Dustin Hoffman, Queen Latifah, Emma Thompson. It's amazing. Emma Thompson's a writer and she's basically writing a, like this story and Will Farrell suddenly starts hearing her narrating and realizes that he's writing her life and so tries to like track her down because she he he finds out who the writer is and she writes like mundane characters that always die in the end. So he's like trying to like stop her from killing him off. It's I think so I have heard of this. I, think that, I don't think I've seen it, but I think it, I've definitely watch it. heard it's, of this film. It's it's great. It's and Will Farrell, if he plays it like that mm. for uh, for Spengler, it would work really well. So look, if you're listening and you really hate my opinions of this film and my recasting, we don't want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you love mine, we do. <laughs> there's got to be someone out there that agrees with me, and I think you should be brave enough, and I will back you to raise your voice and put your hand up and to email us casseropod at gmail.com and say you know what Nick I think you're bloody right or contact us on x at casseropod <laughs> and I will and I will instantly mute and block you while we're here yeah, can I'm... I have one attempt to redeem myself please no. and that is with my casting of Janine <coughs> oh, we're going, we're going, oh we're going straight into that are we? yeah let's go straight into can it can we yeah. I feel like we I need got that one <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Oh, if that's um, not how this episode ends, then... Originally played by Annie Potts. Yeah, for me, the character of Janine and Lewis to the best things in this film. Um, I went with... I once again plumbed the cast of Orange is the New Black. And it's partly just based on the accent. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, she'd be so good. 
uh, is Yale Stone, who is Lorna Morello from Orange is the New Black. So I've seen it, but I'm terrible with names in Orange is the New Yeah, Black. I'm trying to remember that so character. Just... Is, that the, is that the lead? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah super thick accent, really funny, would hit on Egon in a really comedic way. Uh, so yeah, she's Janine. I like that. Oh, that is a good, that is a good recast. That is a, that is a one for the pot. I think we would say. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. James has had a chance to Google. Jim, Jim, Jim's Googled it. He knows it. He's, he's I, was just, I, I couldn't picture the character. No, I couldn't. I, 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 had, to, I had to Google the character, yeah. Lana Morello? Can't do it as well. We yeah. got one! Okay, yeah, I, I, yeah she, she is one of the standouts on that show. So, yeah. She's so good. So, so good. Okay, so uh, uh, do you want to do yours, Jim? Or? I can do, or do you want to... Do you want to do Rick Moranis? Yeah, I'll do my Rick Moranis. Ar- arguably, I think Dana Barrett's the bigger character. So Rick, Rick, Rick Moranis is... I mean, he's brilliant in this He is film. brilliant. He's brilliant in In fact, in his everything. party scene is almost entirely improvised. Yeah. I mean, I, I can... And it's, and it's done in one shot as well. It's no... I'd have had more of him, it's... less of Murray. Oh. Give, me more, give me a bit more Lewis. He was very good. I mean, I he, not... was, he was he, he, he was, was funny. I like He was... He was the bright spark of that film. Mm-hmm. So he's he's brilliant. So I I wouldn't recast him, but obviously, you know. anyway, um, if I was going to recast him, I would continue with my same vein of characters from the same era, and I would go with Martin Short. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so for it. So I'm also yeah. in you know Only Murders in the Building. Also yeah. big, done lots of films with um, Steve Martin. You he's, know, he's brilliant. He would have been good. You could imagine him doing his little weird kind of like dances around. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think he. And I like then, it. And suddenly you think of my ensemble cast, man. That is, they are vibing off each other. They are like a good casserole right there. Like James said, though, is it too strong? Is it you throw too many good ingredients into a stew? What? So you're telling me that Rick right. Moranis isn't a good or ingredient? You use too many paints, or you throw too many dr- yeah, but types I think what of drinks. Trying to say there thing, is, Rick Moranis is a great ingredient. Bill Murray, not so much. <laughs> what? No, hang on, hang on, hang on. So right. what he's saying is you're, th- you're throwing in Rick Moranis to improve I just, the stew. I just want to say here, right, you look at these two casts, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis. That is a strong fucking cast already. We are not falling into a trap of having too strong a cast by going with Steve Martin, John Candy, Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor, and Martin Short. That's the same Yours level of awesome. I, I, do, I don't think that is... Sounds is better. I Quiet. think that's a bigger cast, and I think that would fall into a trap. Yeah, I think you're fucking wrong. Get off me. <laughs> I was thinking watching this, oh, so no one could act in the 80s. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> 80s films were just bad. But then we watched, like, Die Hard and stuff. I was like, no, that's better. Like, the performances are better. Is it because it's a comedy? Well, to be fair, do you know what, actually? We did, we did say we didn't want to start doing comedies too early on this podcast, because comedies are more difficult, because... Comedy is so subjective. Of course it is. What one person finds hilarious exactly. and another person might be like, so no. It's really like, like, you know, when we're talking about Gladiator, I mean, the fact you didn't like it, I mean, that's crazy, but like, it's kind of like I feel, an outlier I feel it's just because, because that's fine, but like, you're like, action is action, like blowing stuff up is cool. If you like it, you do. If you don't, you don't. It's kind of black and white. But comedy, there's nuanced performances and you do and you don't. Like, I thought you'd love this, Nick, actually. I thought, I, was, I, I wanted to. Right, I really wanted to. I thought I would as well. Maybe if I take the time and watch the second one, which is what, what apparently all my memories were from. The second <laughs> one, the second one is uh, uh, is really fun. It's really goofy. It's, it's good. I remember the river of slugs, the, river the, of painting. Slugs, the painting. That yeah. guy from the museum, like son, my master. <laughs> I remember it being yeah. really funny. So maybe I just need to. He yeah. also he plays um, Renfield 
in uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It with uh, um, uh, what's his name from Spy Hard and from uh, Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Really? Leslie Nielsen plays Dracula and he <laughs> plays Renfield. It's hilarious. Really nice. Good. Um, anyway, sorry, we digress. Who oh, would you replace sacrilege Sigourney Weaver with? Just to quickly talk about Sigourney Weaver's performance as Dana. Um, I think this is an interesting one because I think prior to this, she hadn't been in an awful lot of comedic roles. I know she'd been in very serious performances like Alien and things like that. Um, and I think that um, sort of casting agents and, and the, everyone involved in the film were hesitant initially to cast her in this So how, film. how far after Aliens was this then? Uh, so, uh, no, it's before Aliens. So before Aliens, but after but Alien. After Alien. Alien was 1979, Ghostbusters is like 84. 84, yeah. So what had she been in in that time period then, between 79 and 84? So Alien was her kind of her big breakout film. Uh, was she in, um, uh, was she in the one with, you know, I'm completely blanking on it now. How are you going to make us look up? I mean, come on, Sam, you're movie. meant to be the guy with the... She's in Avatar. Well, yeah, but that, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> She's in Avatar about 30 years after this film. Oh, you uh, Gorillas in the Mist. Oh, that's quite good, actually. Yeah, again, very serious film, The mm-hmm. Ice Storm. Um, so, yeah, those, those kind of films, I think that's why they were hesitant until I think she went to audition um, and she told them the fact, about the fact that she did a lot of comedy and drama school and that kind of thing. And then during the audition, you know, obviously during the film, she's transformed into the dog yes. demons and stuff. She gets down on all fours during the audition and she's running around like a dog. Phenomenal. And I think that's what kind of like sold them on her being in this film, I think. Despite the fact she was absolutely not going to be required to do that because they threw in the horrific CGI, but you know, it is 1984. She does do that awesome panting though. When she's asleep on the bed. Oh, like that's... hyperventilating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty good. She's, I mean, she's, she is, she is fantastic in that role. She was great. But obviously I wouldn't. Yeah, no one would. Are oh, we still on an Emily Blunt band at the moment as well? Yeah. Not saying you did. She's absolutely not in the film. Okay. I went really lazy. And... Weaver Sigourney. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I've actually worked off of my casting of Peter Venkman and pick someone that I know works well with Nathan Fillion. Okay. Despite the fact that there are rumours that whilst they were on a show together for eight seasons, they fucking hated each other. But you wouldn't know that from their... Sure to work well. Mm. Well, you wouldn't know that from their on-screen chemistry and the fact that they have a, they become in a relationship and it's, that is their partnership. She's also a very beautiful woman. It is a lady by the name of Stana Katic. Right, and what was this show? Castle. This is Castle, yeah. yeah. I've not seen Castle. She, yeah, she's... So, of course, that casting now only works in the opinion is Peter Bankman. Mm, <laughs> I've got a lot riding on this. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's she's very beautiful. She's also quite striking, very sort yeah. of angular features. Which, which is why I went for her. Which is Sigourney Weaver. Is it? Or did were you just watching Castle and were like that'll do? <laughs> no, I I'm actually due a rewatch of Castle. I've not watched that for a few years. But no, it was the when it was the name that came to my mind as soon as I was watching this film and I put Nathan Fillion down and then Sigourney Weaver's I was like Actually, yeah. I I, mean, I, I I think she would be just as good. I mean I've not I've not seen her. I've not seen Castle and I don't know her from anything else. She's very She's beautiful. very striking, she's yeah, very like striking. Say, similar kind of similar look, you know, yeah. bone structure. You could imagine her in that, like, lying back in the chair with her legs sort of over the armchair, very suggestively long limbs. And that silk of... thing. Yeah, I think. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that would that would work. That would be good. 
Well, I mean, how are we, are we deciding one of our four, or are we picking? I think we each? can. I think we can pick and choose. All right. So yeah, let's go through and let's pick. This is where, this is where me and Nick have now got to try and humble Sam from not thinking that his. No one's done it yet. His is the only choice to choose. I don't care because actually I've got to the point, and again. I'm sorry if I offend people, but I think any of our picks could and probably would improve this film. Okay, let's go through then. Right. So Peter Venkman, Bill Murray, Jim, who did you have? I had Nathan Fillion. I had Steve, uh, sorry, Steve Martin. I had Vince Vaughn. Right. Well, I mean, so Vince Vaughn's not fucking out. Vince Vaughn. He's, he's, he's got to be out straight away. Vince Vaughn's done like one good film and it's dodgeball and he's the worst thing in it. Should I, just go, out, should I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you might get, you might get one. I like, I like Fillion. I, I do think he, I do think he would work. He definitely would work. But to be fair, I do think Vince Vaughn would play that role well. But who are we going with? I, let's, let's go with Fillion. I can't have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going with Nathan Fillion for Peter Venkman. Right, Ray okay. Sands, Dan Aykroyd. Who've you gone with? Uh, so it was Zachary Levy or Levi. I've gone with John Candy. Owen Wilson. I, definitely John Candy. It's got to be John Candy. John I think. Candy uh, again, Owen Wilson. Just, just to be able to see Candy in a film. I, I yeah, think it has to be John Candy. He would so, be brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Egon Spengler, not Harold Ramies. It is... Uh, definitely not going to be Kobe Smulders. <laughs> or it would be Gene Wilder. Or Will Ferrell. Right, so this is actually a tough one now, right? Because I love Gene Wilder. Everyone loves Gene Wilder, right? And for me, I think Will Ferrell is massively overrated. He is, but suddenly, as soon as I thought of him in Stranger Than Fiction, mm. where he plays it real and And that's why I put him in the, in the role of Egon, right? Yeah. I think if you put him in the other roles, it's too much. It's too much Ferrell going on. But I think where he's got a cameo, where he can kind of... And he would probably be a bit of a scene stealer, but by being deadpan. Yeah. Provided it was the, only the scenes that it's just him. Like, for example, when they're walking around the hotel and you've got like Aykroyd, Murray, and Ray, is it Ramies? Ramies? Ramies. Ramies, just on their each floor, just walking around with their little move. Yeah, by all means, still the show on that, those great. kind and of scenes. He's, but... he's a really funny physical comedian as well. Like the bit it's... where they get splashed with loads of like, ghost gunk. You can imagine him just like I just don't want to overplay it. Okay, well, you can tell him that in direct. Right, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I also, I, do you know what? Actually, if we cast him as well, it might be one of those like Heath Ledger Joker moments where everyone's like, ah, no, and then he steals it. And then everyone's like, you were unbelievable. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't put it perhaps on the same gravitas. No, but, <laughs> but it might be that. But look, I don't want you to make, make turn me into the guy where we ended up picking Will Ferrell over Gene Wilder because well, that is Okay, a, so we would never do that. To do. But I think. Will Ferrell might smash it. I've, I've changed my mind. I think he would be good. And I think Gene Wilder, you're right. I think Gene Wilder is on another level to those ones. And and if you were having a film, I think Nathan Fillion versus Gene Wilder. <laughs> if we're going Nathan Fillion, we might need to downgrade some of the other roles. Yeah, true. So let, let's go with Will Ferrell. Okay. All right. Okay. So then Winston Zedmore, played by Ernie Hudson. You have gone with... Don Cheadle. I have gone with uh, Richard Pryor. And I've gone with Craig Robinson. Now, again... I, 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 want, I want Craig I want Robinson. I, yeah. I want Craig Robinson. He's really fucking... Again, now, Richard now, Pryor now, is now I know who he is, Yeah, I, I, want, I want him. Yeah, I mean, Richard, Richard, Richard Pryor is amazing, but he would work with Gene Wilder. They would be on the same level. I think, it, and again, if you, were Gene, uh, if you were Richard Pryor, you would have to up that role. Mm. It would be more like the Eddie Murphy size role. Craig Robinson would be brilliant at exactly what... I feel like does. all he needs is a couple of lines... 
to just oh like to steal those scenes like he's yeah. so funny just how well, he's, he's really I, flat he's in, deadpan like he's he does so the good. same in I think he's, he's in Brooklyn Nine Nine isn't he? Uh, he's uh, yes he's, he's a, a bit, bad guy yeah, yeah but whenever he's in the scene with Andy Samberg you're like you know you remember that scene yeah yeah because yeah. he comes in and you're just like brilliant yeah absolutely so good do you know what Nick it's two for two though man I feel like I've done you, right you, you've, right you've taken half half the bus <laughs> You know what I mean? Right, so they're... So After they're coming in with just poo, yeah. you've, you've, you've come in with a bit, nice bit of bread at the end. Okay, so to run that down then, we have gone with, for Peter Venkman, we went with Nathan Fillion. For Ray Stans, we've gone with John Candy. For Egon Spengler, we went with Will Ferrell. And for uh, Winston Zedmore, we went with Craig, Craig Robinson. Robinson. And, and so then our other, our other cast members, what, what have we gone with? Stana Katic for Dana Barrett. Yeah. Uh, Yale Stone as Janine Mellitz. And Martin Short as Lewis Tully. Nice. I like it. Well, anyway. excellent. I mean, that's it. That's, we've, we've done our casserole for the lovely Ghostbusters. Well, I mean, some of us loved it. Sam, have you calmed down from Nick's opinions yet? Do you know what? I'm sorry, man. Two, two, episodes, sorry, man. two episodes in a row now, Sam. You've had, to sit, you've had, you've had to sit and listen to, to something getting I'm absolutely sure, slandered. I'm sure one day we'll do a film I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm fair, I, I, I think it might be the next one. Well, that could be interesting. Because I think, I, I don't, yeah, I think you might be a bit snobby with it. The next one we're doing is a very new film. It's just yeah. been released. Um, there's very mixed reviews. This will be interesting to see what we all thought about. Yeah. I'm, I'm more, in- I'm very interested to see what the other two think because I, I watched, like, I watched it over the Christmas period and I liked it. I'm looking forward to watching. I, it. I, I really enjoyed it. I, and I think it's, I think some of the criticisms that it has had is fair because you can see what they're, you can, you can understand why they're criticised. But the rest of it, I think. Not fair. I wish I didn't now know that you like it because I feel like that's going to colour my opinion. That has coloured it for me. Going into that's, the film, yeah, I'm going to be like, well, Jeb fucking loves this film. Yeah. It's I never said I never saw fucking loved it. <laughs> I saw I enjoyed it. There's a difference. <laughs> so, without further ado, should we move on to Real Talk and have our, have our questions? Because I believe you've got some... I've got quite a lot. So, these, this is what... The, this person is branding this the, the Die Hard debacle. Because he did not like our recasting. What? That's that's fine. Everyone, as we've established, everyone. Uh, so this is from. How do we ban him? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, don't. He's, he's listened to every episode so far. So good God, man! Yes, dude, please stay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from the the wonderful Neil from MTA Videos. Go check them out. They do some really really good stuff. So he is furious that. At no point was Idris Elba considered for the role of John McClane. And he's talking peak Luther season one, Idris Elba. I mean, I'm going to jump in right away and excuse myself because my cast for that one was era-specific 80s cast. So there's no way I could have did it. Thank you very much, Sam. What's your well, I mean, I'm also going to uh, recuse myself because my whole point was I wanted to give it to an actor where this would launch his career. You know, I mean, like, yeah, interesting. Who did you give it to again? I Scott. gave it to Scott um, Eastwood. Eastwood. Yeah, so Clint Eastwood's son. Uh, so, I mean, Idris Elba would be great. I feel like every time an action role is talked about, Idris Elba comes up. Oh, is he going to be the new Bond? 
oh look he's in the Fast and Furious spin-off he's a, you know always he's the new you know he's taken over from Will Smith in Suicide Squad like he's solid he's good but he's just a bit of an easy choice sorry mm. dude and then on from that <laughs> uh, but I love you keep ha- listening ha- 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 Hans he suggested Christopher Waltz or Philip Seymour Hoffman I mean I mean yeah Philip but Seymour obviously Hoffman. I think kind of, I couldn't pick Philip Seymour Hoffman for what, for what, because what? we have for, for Hans, for Hans, yeah. So obviously we have. Mm, obviously not. So I guess we haven't really told people. We have an unwritten rule. If we have suggested someone or picked someone very recently, or we we're not going to pick them again anytime soon. Because I, I think I think we can. And lift I believe the, the I picked Philip Seymour Hoffman oh, the yes. week. Yeah, <gasps> we're, we're lifting the blunt band. I believe I picked oh. Philip Seymour Hoffman the week pro- for the prior episode in Immortal World for whatever yeah. role I had for yeah, him yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's why he wouldn't be. Otherwise, he probably would have been. And yeah, he's good. And Christoph Waltz, he's a good one as well. Like he's 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 great. Like yeah, I mean he at least then we would have known he was German <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and then of course my, there is uh, my mate Chris who is furious that I didn't consider Michael Fassbender for Hans, which again he was suggested, I believe. Yeah, the week Fast prior for Immortal World. Fastbender so, would have been good. The yeah. Fast has been yeah been so, on. So you on know, the, we we have a couple of unwritten rules which obviously we haven't. Really divulged, but yeah. you know, uh, and I mean that's a little peek behind the curtain. There, you know, we have a few unwritten rules, and we are now at episode five. So Nick Emily Bluntban is, is lifted. <laughs> yeah, so whoever's next, <laughs> expect there to be a lot any of fucking character bluntage. <laughs> first, the first chance possible, blunt. Yeah, I mean, and he does have a question as well, which does tie into a question we've had previously. This is regarding our the streaming services and cinemas. He has he he said I can see a time when streamers actually buy out slash open up their own cinemas and release their their work in them first before then allowing it onto a home streaming service. Mm. So essentially, yeah, for you know, so you might be he can see a Netflix cinema where you know their originals get played first. So you pay you pay for your cinema ticket to go watch it at a Netflix cinema. Before then, several months down the line, it then gets released on the streaming service as part of your monthly package. I think the only way that would work is if you had some sort of serious discount if you were streaming with. Them. I was just going to say, what's the difference between it being any other cinema? Because if, like, my subscription for say Netflix allowed me, like you said, to go to the Netflix cinema and either free or discounted, I can go and watch new releases in yeah. the cinema. For like Otherwise, two pounds extra, well, I can it's, go it's, and see it. You know, it's, like, it's, 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 it's just the Netflix originals. So you won't, it won't be like yeah, but the new Batman, it'll be like a Netflix original film. Like, for example, the one that we, might, we are going to be doing next time would be in the cinema. You would pay a, a fee. Whether, it's, whether that cinema ticket is included in your subscription or not, I don't know. That might be a separate price. And then obviously a couple months down the line, it is released onto a Netflix. But why, why, why would, say, let's use Netflix as the example here, why would, given that a lot of those streaming services have stopped paying to promote and produce films to do a run of cinema release and have gone straight to their streaming mm-hmm. service for the reasons of it's not making enough money or for all sorts of financial reasons, things like that, why would they then kind of do the opposite of that and say, we're now going to build, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, but we'll build our own cinema to, to release the film in, people hoping that people will go and pay 
Do you know what I mean? I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it. I think cause that's the thing because I think the problem with cinema is a lot of people would rather just sit in their house and watch it. It's effort. It's finding time. It's. I don't think it is the money as much. You can get cinema quite cheaply. Yeah. Like cinemas so aren't as expensive as they're they not were. as expensive. Mm. I think. I think if you were going to do that, I think if if say Netflix were going to have a chain of cinemas, I think it would have to be. For like one pound extra, you can get tickets to certain films. Mm, that's the way it would, uh, work, uh, you know. Um, and if you're not subscribed to Netflix, you can come in for like a fiver or something like you could for a normal cinema chain. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I, I think, uh, my feeling is we're moving away from digesting that content as a group. I think it's going to be mm. smaller devices, you know. You can see it in your glasses. It's going to be a chip in your head that protects it straight into your brain. I think it's going to be away from consuming content as a group uh, in the cinema, and it's going to be more personal. I think once you can get what's closer to the cinema experience, right, the the big sound, the big immersive feel, and to an extent you can get that more and more in the home every day, right, the more technology becomes you know cheaper and TVs bigger, TVs cheaper and stuff that will continue to reduce cinema audiences, I think. Um, but I think going back to the question, yeah, I think it would just, I couldn't see why they would choose to do that when I think part of the reason they're doing straight to streaming releases in the first place is to combat that sort of attrition of cinema audiences. And unless they did something like really vastly providing discount for subscribers, I couldn't see it being financially viable mm, to go back yeah. and, and, and have their own cinema chain. I can see them. I could before doing that. I could see them releasing their own brand of TVs or projectors or surround sounds. Like you know, you don't buy an LG TV, you buy a Netflix TV. Well, like, ne- Netflix are you, 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 not a lot of TVs these days. There's a button on the remote exactly. that just says Netflix. Yeah, so my, you've my, always got Netflix on that smart my, TV. My, my remote has a Netflix, Amazon Prime, and um, Apple Disney TV. Plus yeah, buttons on it. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I've got all those. So boop, boop, boop. Yeah, like, lovely. <laughs> Great. Right, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, someone, someone's spending. Someone's, someone's earning money. Income. No, I don't. <laughs> someone's earning service. money. <laughs> like you said, though, I think that's the whole crux of the cinema thing as well, particularly with people with children and that kind of thing is... If I'm going to go to the effort of arranging babysitters, which is difficult enough to do as it is, I'm going to use that time to, to my wife and I, to go out and do something of an evening. Like you said, I just feel like we're more inclined to go and get some food or something at this point in, in time. Yeah. I think a lot of that is kind of leading towards the decline of cinema combined with the ease of access of home viewing and choice and, yeah. and the improvement the of also home devices. Not, I, I can't really think of a film in the last couple of years I've seen come out in cinema I've gone yeah I really want to see that apart, really? apart, apart from the Mario movie Mario Brothers that came out this year I don't I, think I can't think of many other films that I've gone I need to see that I'm actually, before it's available at home the, the Mario film was the one that made you want to get into the cinema <laughs> to watch it yeah of course it fucking did is that the, the it was the animated one yeah, yeah the new one okay that was the one that you were see, like see I'm really sad that's the one at the top of my mind I was like I have to I mean, it's well, obviously, because I got my little, my little boy as well. Okay. So it's like, yeah. so I took him with it, but I wanted, I personally wanted to see the film. Okay. Obviously, we, him with me, made it not weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I personally okay. want, I personally wanted to watch that film. Okay. That is what, like, a film that I've gone. Yeah, I have to watch that film before it's available for 
you know, rent at home. Yeah, so, but that's the point, is you wanted to see that film before it was available to rent. But if it was streaming at home the same day as it released in the cinema, would you have bothered going to the cinema for it? Depends. Because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, some films that, I think it was Barbie recently, it was available to rent about a month after it went to the cinema, but they were charging you like 20 quid. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what like, I'm, well, saying. I'm, I'm saying. I'm, like... I'm, gonna buy, I'm not going to spend 20 pound for a home rental when I could buy two tickets for seven pound and go to the cinema. Agreed. But if we're talking about free at home, or even like a fiver at home, or a fiver in the cinema... I think it depends on the film. Mm, it does depend on the film. Well, like I was going to say, I'm really sad actually. I think I've missed the opportunity to see Napoleon at the cinema. I really want to see that. I think that yeah. would be a visual spectacle. Yeah. Um, and that I, I'm still looking for trying to find time, but it's like really early in the morning or really late at night. But mm. yeah, that see that kind of film. And like I went to the cinema recently to watch they they reran all the Lord of the Rings films and like getting to see them on the screen again. And I think actually that is the future of cinema. I can't remember if I said it in our last one, but I think if they made it an experience to watch like epics, like Lawrence of Arabia and like, you know, big films or like yeah. Alien. Like know, historically Dark, important films as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's an educational there. value there too. So you, so you would include they... Ghostbusters in that though, Nick, no? Fuck no. <laughs> um, when, oh, they, when you did Lord of the Rings, did they... Did they? It, you made it sound like they maybe did that just for you, and you did all of them back to back throughout a day. A full uh, day. It was back to back three weekends in a row. Wow! I mean, I, I feel like they did it as a marathon at one point as well. They did, yeah, they did do it as a marathon. Have you ever done it as a marathon? I've done, done the first two as a marathon. Mm. Yeah, but they weren't the directors. Oh. These ones, these ones were the first time the directors, the extended cuts, oh, were in the cinema. Hell. How long were they? They're like three and a half hours. They're long. big. Nice. So I rewatched the first one not so long ago, not realised it was the director's cut, and I was like, thinking, oh, it's got me nearly fucking over. And it was still over an hour to go. I was like, fuck. Uh, if you've got your own question that you'd like us to discuss or your own talking points, send it in, uh, casserolepod at gmail.com, casserolepod on X, Instagram. That's probably it. I don't think we want anything else. Um, maybe you can try telepathy, see if you can reach us that way. You know what I'm getting something? What are you getting? He says you're a twat. (laughs) (laughs) Point taken. Uh, But yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Also remember to find us on Amazon, Spotify and Apple. And while you are there, give us a subscribe, rate us five stars and leave us a little review with anything you may want. Good or bad, we're grown-ups, we can can take it. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Sam. I'm Nick. Bye-bye. We've got one! <laughs> Movie Castro! Castro!